Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast and everyday conversations regarding mental health. Because there's nothing on the telly, that's probably why you're here. Now, unfortunately, I had a message just a short while ago that my guest has been un- un- um, unbelievably detained and cannot make make the show this evening. So it's just me. I'm going to keep it fairly short and sweet tonight. Um, I am going to talk about, um, I think what I'm going to talk about tonight is, is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, because that's becoming... Fairly, fairly out there at the moment. Lots of people that I've been speaking to have got some form or other of PTSD. So, well, oh, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. So we'll have a look at what PTSD is. We'll, um, we'll just have a conversation about it, just because we can. It's just me. Uh, I was hoping to get uh, somebody else, but it's not going to happen. So, bit of housekeeping then. Coming to you live from the old Hill Manor. And um, did you know that I'm a best-selling author on Amazon Books? Yep, I I collaborated uh, with about 16 other or 15 other hosts uh, on a, a platform we use called Podmatch and um, it went to number one and I think it's still somewhere up there. What they do is uh, anybody that signs up for Podmatch um, they gets one of these books. Podmatch is where I find all my guests. Evening Keith um, my guest didn't turn to I had a message a little while ago saying they've been un, un- uh, they've been uh, detained. They can't. They can't turn up, unfortunately. So we'll get her back on another time. So I was just going to have a chat about post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, oh, that's from last week. I haven't updated it. See, I've been so busy with other stuff. <laughs> I've not updated it. So what we're trying to do is uh, say every Tuesday we have a, a live quiz a live awesome quiz that goes out. This coming week is going to be all about food and drink. So get your, get your thinking caps on about food and drink. Um, again, it was like this, this, this week's quiz, fairly easy. It should be fairly easy if you're, you're into food and drink. This show is all about uh, mental health and taking the stigma out of the mental health. It's all about making conversations around mental health comfortable. So that's what uh, what we're going to talk about this evening. So, um, boom, there we go. Oh, that was from last week. <laughs> In fact, yeah, I know what those codes are. Remember Scott, um, his daughter, Down syndrome daughter, um, died in hospital uh, through negligence. So that's the links for 
for that particular um, that show. And they're in the show notes from last week. So this week then, <laughs> I'm not doing, clicking all the wrong things here. Um, yeah, I know what to do. I know how to do all that, do that, and then do that. So you, then you've got me. Right. Post-traumatic stress disorder then, it comes in many different forms. You get a simple, um, you experience a simple trauma. Is any is any trauma simple? But a lot of people's stem from their childhood. Lots of people have a trauma in their childhood that they carry for pretty much the rest of their lives. And that has an effect on their whole life. And I've talked to many people uh, on this show and on my Ordinary People's Extraordinary Stories, the podcast. They go out, the podcasts go out on this platform, uh, on, on YouTube. They're available on there. They're also available on all the popular podcast apps. So you can listen to them in the car or wherever. But lots of people that I've spoken to have had traumas as children and they've carried them all their lives. So it can be something in the childhood. They, they can get abused or something like that. They can experience parents. Parents are probably the main cause of childhood trauma where they're con constantly at each other. You've seen it um, walking down the street. <laughs> I was having a go at the poor kid for doing something and he's bawling his eyes out. That that could be a trauma for that child and they carry that for the rest of their lives. And a lot of that goes on. And and it's not until people are in their, their later years that they, they come to terms with it and deal with it. We get awful lot of soldiers, awful lot of soldiers suffer PTSD. Back in the um, the Falklands, now there's there's essentially two different types of uh, service personnel that suffer trauma down there. There was the ones the fighting obviously was something else, but and getting blown up on ships and all the rest of it. But the people that tended to do better uh, with coping with it were the guys that came back on the ships. And the reason that they dealt with it better is because they was, it took longer to get back, obviously. It, it took them three or four weeks to come back on the ships. They were there with all their mates. They were talking about all the rest of it, what had gone on, getting it out in the open speaking about it there was a whole bunch of others that were flown back now the guys that were flown back tended to have far more issues because they didn't kind of decompress so they 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 got back there wasn't any sort of trim 
back then, which is trauma incident management. There wasn't any coping strategies that we we now take on board today. Nowadays, if you go into a conflict zone, you're you're managed almost most of the time. Most guys nowadays that go into in a combat, they 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 come across a traumatic incident. It's dealt with while they're there. The problem comes when you when you're in a patrol base, something like that, that's constantly coming under attack, constantly having contact with the enemy, constantly having trauma day after day. You're out on patrol. You get blown up one day, you go on another patrol, you get brassed up, you get shot at. People are getting injured. It's difficult to deal with that when it's like that, when it's day to day. But what they do is when they come uh, towards the end, they send in the trim teams, they look at the incidents that's gone on, they they then identify who who's more at risk of... Uh, of suffering and they talk about it and they 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 even give them one-to-one they give them a group they give them a, an overall brief there's the whole process that goes through and it starts at a the 72 hour after an incident and then it goes to the the four week and then it goes to the three month period and any time during there that somebody's suffering with not being able to sleep not um not being able to eat, constantly going over what happened in their minds and all the rest of it, then they can be then signposted on to um to people that can um, help them with it. That um yeah, so they, they 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 get dealt with and we're getting a lot better at it. Back in the days of Northern Ireland where <laughs> I mean, I did a four-month tour in 1977 and we had a major incident in our area every single day. There was something kicked off. We had riots. We had shootings. We had rocket attacks. (laughs) We had just normal, everyday problems. I mean, I was on a search team and um, some of the houses that, that we searched were minging. We we came out of one search. We had to have all our kit taken off us and burnt. We were deloused. It was a horrible experience. I personally fired a weapon. Um, we were shot at. Um, I fired back. Unfortunately, I missed the the that that shot at us, but I must have got pretty close to him because he dropped the weapon and scarpered. Also took out a stained glass window of a church, but <laughs> that was the second round. But when I got back in off of that patrol, my weapon was taken off of me and I was separated from the rest of the patrol. I was taken down to um, Springfield Road Police Station and I spent nine hours with the SIB being interrogated to my every, taking up every second of that patrol and why I, I opened up. The fact that um, my oppo was shot was neither here nor there, but I discharged my firearm, and when that happens, particularly back in those days, in 77, 
during Tarikagi Tori. That had a, <laughs> a detrimental effect. Um, it, it then puts doubt in your mind when you get into a similar situation, do I open fire or not? Do I wait until somebody gets killed before I can shoot back? In fact, that <laughs> my, my mate had got shot. I saw him go down and I fired back. And uh, and that's what, what happens. So that for me, I mean, I've lived that a few times in the past. I can I can recall exactly what happened. I can <laughs> I can give the exact words that he sent over the radio. He he was our section commander, and it was quite funny. I could still hear him say this to this day. Hello, one. This is one three Bravo. Contact Spring Hill Avenue. Send Starlight. I've been shot in the arse. Out. <laughs> And that's when it all unfolded, the whole thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy day. But uh, a few weeks later, I got blown up. We were, we were called out. We were on the, the QRF. We were called out. I went up to a place called Kelly's Corner in the in the, the Bally Murphy. As we got out, we got we're getting stoned, so we extracted around the back of this this house, and as we we're going over the garden fence. Boom, myself and another guy got blown up. He took most of the blast. He got carted off to hospital. <laughs> I got severe concussion because I landed on my head. And um, <laughs> it was, I was left out in the streets for another five or six hours. It's crazy. But we didn't have anything to combat it back then. And it's it's it does have an effect. I went home on R and R halfway through that tour for for a week, and uh, I was with my mum. We were walking up the town centre. <laughs> Car backfired. <laughs> I take and cover, bumped straight over this this edge, and I'm doing me doing me checks. <laughs> and my mum's just walking off, carrying on talking to me. I thought, you silly sod, I got back over and I go and join my mum. And uh, she hadn't even realised I'd gone. <laughs> but that's the sort of effect that it has on you when you're in that sort of... It takes time to readjust. More recently, when I'd, I'd deployed out to, to places like Kosovo and, and Macedonia, um, I'd been away for, for, for some time. I'll get back, get in the house, and within 10 minutes it'd be like I haven't been away. But that's what my my last wife was all about. I mean, it was just normal. Because I, I, she was just used to me being away. And I was used to being away and coming back and, and just slotting into the, the what's name. A mate of mine was... was uh, doing some work for us and he stopped over for for a, a couple of weeks while he was putting in the new bathroom and that. And he said, it's a, it's amazing how, just, how clockwork things were in the morning. So he'd, he'd sit back with his mug of tea and watch what was going on. Not a word was spoken by this time. So 
So when I'm going to the bathroom, the other one going, <laughs> they just pass each other on the stairs. <laughs> and they all walked out the door at the same time and got in the car and drove off to work <laughs> without a word being spoken. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. So that's 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 the sort of thing that um, that goes on in life. So, um, post-traumatic stress disorder can come in a varied ways. You can have an accident or witness an accident and that can play on your mind. And there's an awful lot of help out there if you need it, um, particularly for... Uh, for veterans, for, for military types, there are hundreds of charities. There's somewhere around about 2,000 charities that are dedicated to the armed forces and armed forces veterans. So we're lucky as as a group. But equally, there, there are a lot of charities out there that help the civilian population and help those that, that suffer trauma. So from that point of view, there is help out there. People can get the help if they need it. And it's, the, the first step is recognising that you've got a problem in yourself. If you're finding yourself, you're not sleeping very well. If you find yourself constantly thinking about an incident and it's playing on your mind all the time, or... You don't feel right in yourself. You, 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 you sort of, you don't feel comfortable with what you've seen. That's the time to sort of ah, this could be post-traumatic stress disorder. Do I need to do something about it? Answer is yes. First port of call, I guess, is your doctor. If you can get a doctor's appointment. If you can't. Identify a charity that has that expertise. Where I live, we're really, really lucky. We've got um, a group called Veterans Outreach Support and they've got dedicated experts on the team um, that can talk to you, that can help. We have lots of groups. I mean, we, we, we they lay on lots of different groups. I've been to one this afternoon um, and we go and have <laughs> tea and stickies. There's the Armed Forces Breakfast Clubs. They've got people that are there. I mean, it might take the mickey out of you a bit, <laughs> but they're there for you. So there's lots and lots of help out there. I guess for the civilian population, you've only got to look online. Just pop in help for PTSD and the help will come up loads of different um, different boss names will come to me in a minute charities out there to help I mean the, 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 we all know that the state of health the, the health service in this country is struggling it's on its knees and it's not for the want of money it's <laughs> It's just under strain. 
because there's too many people trying to access the, the meagre resources that they've got. They, they've got more... There's there's 48% of the pay budget goes on non-clinical, non-patient-facing personnel. That's a staggering amount of people. To do what? So the clinical side of it is, is they're under strain. They're not under-resourced. They're undermanned. They, they've got too many people wanting to use the system. Far too many people not entitled to use the system. That's part of the, part of the issue. So from, from that perspective, it's important that you recognise in yourself that you've got a problem and it's your problem. It's not anybody else's. But once you've identified you've got an issue, then you can do something about it. You can find the help, whether you can get a, an appointment with your GP who can refer you on to, to the correct services. You can go on the... NHS site and you can self um, what do you call it um, self refer so there's a referral you can go on if you've got the app where you, you can you can self refer or you can look for one of the many charities that have experts out there that can help so that's my advice Recognise that you've got a problem. If say if if you are finding it difficult to sleep, if you are thinking about something you've seen that's bothered you, then it's likely that you've got uh, some form of post traumatic stress disorder. And for some people, I mean, it's you get real complex PTSD, and those people really do struggle a lot and it's because it's been left in the first place it's because they haven't been diagnosed or they try to just shrug it off and it comes back and bites them so for people that are finding it difficult there's always somebody out there to reach to there's always somebody that will give you an ear or two. So don't suffer alone. Don't suffer in silence. Don't think that you can cure yourself. Seek the help. It's it's no longer the stigma that it used to be. It's no longer a taboo subject. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to talk about it. So that's what I suggest. There's there's a myriad of stuff out there. There's a there's a whole host of help. And at the end of the day, it's your problem, it's not anybody else's. 
So hopefully, <laughs> I've got another guest lined up for next week. Hopefully, they'll um, they'll turn to, they'll um, they'll come and join us, and we can have another conversation, an everyday conversation regarding mental health. And you know the sort of topics that we cover in that. We covered, like we've done tonight, post-traumatic stress disorder. We cover bereavement. We cover death. We cover suicide. We cover addictions. What else do we cover? <laughs> we cover all sorts of stuff. All to do with mental health. And all we're trying to do is make it a comfortable topic to talk about to make it easy to talk about to recognise in people that they they have got problems and everybody has some wobble sooner or later in their life everybody everybody has the odd issue now and then and there's always always somebody out there that will listen so I'm going to pull the pin on this one today. Hopefully you've, um, you'll be able to take something from it. Hopefully I've helped. And until next week, um, when we're back again, I hope you, you have a, a, a safe week. And um, yeah, just another couple of things. If it's your first time here, please subscribe to the channel. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. You can always give us the thumbs up and you can always click the bell icon. If you click the bell icon, it should notify you when I go live. Don't forget my book. If you want to become a host like me and have a chat with people. And because there's nothing on the telly, <laughs> you can always tune into here and I've got hundreds of episodes that you can look back on so from me from the Hill Manor um, thank you thank you thank you for, for being there so till next time TTFN ta-ta for now Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.